0: Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
1: All right, if you'd all like to turn to Genesis chapter 25 and... um... Verse 19, and we'll begin with prayer. Lord, thank you so much for inviting us to yourself to be saved. Thank you for inviting us into your house to learn of you. Thank you, Lord, for the day when you will stand at the door and you'll invite us and say, come into my Father's house. There's a mansion prepared for you. And we praise you for that in Jesus' name, amen. Now, Genesis chapter 25, and uh, follow along, please, verse 19. These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Bedanaram, the sister sister to Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, "'and two manner of people "'shall be separated from thy bowels, "'and the one people shall be stronger "'than the other people, "'and the elder shall serve the younger.'" Verse 24, "'And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, "'behold, there were twins in her womb. "'And the first came out red, "'all over like in hairy garment, "'and they called his name Esau. "'And after that came his brother out, "'and his hand took hold on Esau's heel.'" and his name was called Jacob, and Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. All right, now, in our last study, we started in verse 19 with a consideration of that important Hebrew word teledoth, and we saw that in verse 19 where it says these are the generations, these are the teledoth of Isaac, which is Abraham's son, Abraham begot Isaac. See, the striking part of verse 19 is that exact same Teledoth word appears in verse 12, speaking about Ishmael, when it said, these are the generations, the Teledoth of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's handmaid bear to Abraham, And the exact same Teledoth word appears in verse 13, speaking of the sons of Ishmael, where it says, These are the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names according to their Teledoth, their generations. And we considered this Hebrew word Teledoth that's been translated as generations. And we saw how special that word is because it doesn't mean history. It doesn't mean history. Verses 19, 12, and 13 are not saying, and this is the history of Isaac and the history of Ishmael and the sons of Ishmael because teledoth doesn't mean history. Teledoth means generation. or And it's a good choice that they use for that word because it really means to generate. It means to bring forth. So verses 19, 12, and 13 are saying to us, This is what Isaac and Ishmael and the sons of Ishmael, they generated or they brought forth in their lifetimes. And what's significant about what Isaac brought forth in his lifetime is two verses down where it says in verse 21, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife. See, what Isaac generated or brought forth in his lifetime were these momentous, significant prayers to God. And that moved God to answer those prayers and to effect an eternal change in the course of history. And we saw that this was in stark contrast to Ishmael and to his sons who brought forth or they generated relatively unimportant, trivial insignificant towns and castles that like grass appeared temporarily and then they were cut down and then burned into smoke and just disappeared into this historical blur of vain accomplishments. And so looking at verses 19, 20, and 13, it causes us to see this difference in between the Teledoth generations of Ishmael and his sons and the Teledoth generations of Isaac. And that causes us to see that just as there was a personal teledoth the history, a generation, or bringing forth for Isaac and for Ishmael and for the sons of Ishmael, there's a personal teledoth for each one of us in this room. And the searching question that confronts each one of us right now is how is our personal teledoth, our generation, shaping up for our lives? I mean, God would say, how about it? Look at it look at your lives do we have or will we have a blessed teledoth bring you forth the generation like isaac did of intense prayers to god that move god to answers that change eternal history and there are two really two tragic teledoth histories that are all too common and the first tragic Teledoth history is where the lost, with no concern for the salvation of their soul, they expend, they exhaust themselves in expending their lives by building the fame and fortune and businesses and buildings and organizations that, like Ishmael and his sons, and they just fade away into a blur of vanity, which is what the Lord Jesus Christ spoke of in Mark 8, 36-37, when he said, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain, if he shall gain in his teledoth history, in his teledoth generations, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? See, the question the Lord Jesus Christ was asking is what's the profit for a man who keeps himself from giving any attention of how God has provided for his soul's salvation because he's just so busy making a teledoth generation of gaining the whole world and ends up losing his soul. And the second tragedy is for a believer who is choked by the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, who goes after those deceiving riches, and also his teledoth history, it just, generation just kind of goes into a blur of wood, hay, and stubble, that like smoke just disappeared. Now, we read the next words in verse 19, which are, and these are the generation of Isaac Abraham's son, very important, Isaac begot Abraham. See, those next words in verse 19 of identifying Isaac are key to us understanding what's gonna develop now from here on out in several chapters. Isaac is identified as Abraham's son. And again, this causes us always to look back and compare with verse 12, where it says, and these are the generation of Ishmael, Abraham's son. The Omebar, the Egyptian bear. See in that verse, we see how Ishmael is described with exactly the same words, exactly the same way as Isaac. Both are Abraham's son, their sons. And see, so from verse twelve and from verse nineteen, we see both Ishmael and Isaac are described in the same way. They're Abraham's sons. And after all we've seen about how spiritually opposite. Isaac and Ishmael are. It's surprising to us to see in the same chapter how they're both described as Abraham's sons. Because they were both Abraham's flesh and blood. They had the same DNA. They had DNA traceable back to Abraham. And we can imagine that Ishmael presenting himself, is he present himself as a full-blown son of Abraham, just like Isaac. He said, Well, I am a full-blown son of Abraham. I am a fully Abraham's flesh and blood, just as much, Ishmael would say, just as much as Isaac is fully Abraham's flesh and blood. See, Ishmael would say, he would say that he was Abraham's seed just the same as Isaac was fully Abraham's seed, flesh and blood, flesh and blood, flesh and blood, flesh and blood. And if Ishmael were questioned by us about him being from Abraham, Ishmael would say, oh, I'm Abraham's son. And we would agree with Ishmael and say, we have to agree with you you are Abraham's son. And Ishmael will say, I'm the seed of Abraham. And we would agree with Ishmael and say, yes, yes, we agree. You are the seed of Abraham. And after all we've read about Ishmael's teledoth or what he generated in his life, we would say, but Ishmael, there's a difference. There's a difference between you and Abraham and Isaac, because Isaac is more like Abraham than you are. And it has to do with your teledoth compared to Isaac's teledoth, Abraham's teledoth, or what they brought forth in their life compared to what you brought forth in life. So if Ishmael would say, I am a son of Abraham, I am Abraham's seed, we would say, 100% Ishmael, yes, no contest. You are the son of Abraham, you are Abraham's seed. But being a son of Abraham or the seed of Abraham does not really address the issue. So if Ishmael would say to us, I'm a child of Abraham, we'd draw the line. We'd say, no, no, Ishmael, 100%, no. When you said you're a child of Abraham, we stood up and we said, no, you're not a child of Abraham. See, Ishmael, when you said you were a son of Abraham, we'd say, 100%, no contest. When you say you're a child of Abraham, we'd say, no. And then Ishmael would say, why? What's the difference between being a son of Abraham and being a child of Abraham? And we'd explain to Ishmael, we'd say, well, to be a son of Abraham, or to be Abraham's seed, that's physical. That's all about flesh and blood. That happened at conception. You didn't have any choice to that. You had nothing to do with that. Like the Ethiopians who come to us, and Ethiopians, and they say, the only reason we're Muslim is because we were born, and they told us, you're Muslim. We didn't choose, there was no choice about it. So with Ishmael, we'd say, you can't change that by any choice of your own. A zebra can't wake up one morning and say, I don't wanna be a zebra anymore, I wanna be an elephant you know, a zebra can decide all he wants, but he is, he will always be a zebra, because that was determined at conception, and that's the same with Ishmael, a child, on the other hand, follows his father, a child is a child, because he decides to follow his father, and we would say to Ishmael, from how your personal teledoth compares with Abraham's, you're not following Abraham, and Abraham's teledoth Abraham builds altars to God in Genesis 22 9. Where in Ishmael's and Ishmael's sons' teledoth, they build castles and towns to themselves in Genesis 25 16. But in Isaac's teledoth, like Abraham, Isaac is building altars to God in Genesis 26 25. And in Abraham's teledoth, Abraham calls on the name of God. He calls on the name of the Lord in Genesis 21, 23. And Ishmael sends Teledoth. There's no record of them calling on the name of God. There's no call on the name of the Lord. There's no record. But in Isaac's, like Abraham's, there's a record. He's calling on the name of the Lord in Genesis 26, 25. So it's because of the personal choices in life That resulted in the personal teledoth that Ishmael is not a child of Abraham, but he's Abraham's seed. Both Ishmael and Isaac had the flesh and blood of Abraham, but only Isaac had the spirit of Abraham, and only Isaac was a child of Abraham. Both Ishmael and Isaac were the seed of Abraham, but only with Isaac would a person look at Isaac and say, you know what? Like father, like son. You never look at Ishmael and say, I like father, like son. No, it's different. The difference is all about choices. It's not about heredity. I have two nieces, and they are identical twins from my brother. And as identical twins, they have exactly the same DNA. That's what it means when they're identical twins. They're not fraternal twins. They're identical twins. They have the same DNA. As identical twins, they have the same heredity. They are identical twins. One's a lesbian, married to another woman. The other is straight, married to a man. They're both the daughters of my brother. They're both the seed of my brother. But they're not both followers of my brother. They're both not children of my brother. This is the difference between being a son of Abraham, uh, the seed of Abraham, and being a child of Abraham. And that was the difference between Ishmael and Isaac. And that was the difference between, and that is the difference between, it was and it is, between the majority of the Jewish people who reject God's Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the minority or the remnant of the Jewish people who embrace God's Messiah or the Lord Jesus Christ. The issue came down to this point where the Lord Jesus Christ made this difference between son and seed and child, crystal clear, when he said in John eight 33, thirty three through forty, they answered him, "We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any band. How sayest thou, you shall be made free?" Jesus answered, "Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed." Then he says, "I know that you are Abraham's seed. No contest, hundred percent." You are Abraham's seed. You are Abraham's flesh and blood. You are sons of Abraham, yes. But, he said, you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father. You do that which you have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if you were Abraham's children. So he's saying 100% no. If you are Abraham's children, you do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that I told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Same thing. Isaac and Ishmael are forever identified as Abraham's son or his seed. But only Isaac is the child of Abraham. And just as all the Jewish people forever identify as Abraham's son or his seed, only the remnant of the Jewish people who, like Abraham, have embraced Jehovah Jesus are children of Abraham today, you may not be Jewish or a physical descendant of Abraham like Ishmael was. But by embracing Jehovah Jesus, you're like Isaac, a child of Abraham. It's more important to be a child of Abraham, a spiritual son of Abraham than to be a physical son of Abraham. Pastor Rahan, he led me to the Lord Jesus Christ. And in my mind, I am always his spiritual son. Paul identified Timothy as his son when he said in 1 Timothy 1, 2, unto Timothy, mine own son, in the faith, grace, mercy, peace from God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Generally, it's accepted, it's viewed. Paul didn't have any physical children. He didn't have any children, never spoke of them. But he had many spiritual children, many physical children, many spiritual children. And he talked to to the Corinthian believers that way. When he said in 1 Corinthians 4, 15, he said, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. See, Titus, he identified Titus as his son in the faith when he said in Titus 1, four to Titus, mine own son after the common faith. Grace, mercy, peace from God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. See, Onesimus was Paul's son in the faith. He said in Philemon 1.10, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, who I have begotten in my bonds. See, Paul, he had these spiritual children. And what's interesting about when you look at the spiritual children of Paul is that, you know, it wasn't a situation like you just had these spiritual children and you left them on a street corner to fare for yourselves. Paul travailed for his spiritual children. He said, till Christ be formed in you. As he said in Galatians 4, 19, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. In other words, he's saying, I travailed in birth for you to be born again. I'm travailing again. For you, until Christ is formed in you, as a parent, Paul was gentle toward his spiritual children. He said that in First Thessalonians two: seven we've been hearing about that, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. as he as a spiritual father, Paul exhorted his children, he comforted his children, he charged his spiritual children, and he said this in First Thessalonians 2:11 as you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. We read now in verse 20, Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethel, the Syrian, and Padanaram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. See, we see those clear words. Isaac took Rebekah to wife. And we know from the last verse, last chapter, that he not only took her to be his wife, he not only took her into his mother's tent, He not only took her to be his wife, but he took her to love. Says that. Isaac fulfilled the marriage vows where he would say, I, Isaac, take thee, Rebecca, to be my lawful wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward to love. Isaac took Rebecca to love Rebecca. And even though, as we saw in our last study, they were as different as North Pole to South Pole in their personalities, With great differences between them, Isaac decided to love Rebekah. And because Isaac loved Rebekah, their home was a happy home. And we'll see that the upcoming birth of their twins put a great difference between them, where Isaac will favor Esau and Rebekah will favor uh, Jacob. You know, that's a formula for a giant explosion. That's a formula for a nuclear explosion, but because Isaac loved Rebecca, their home was a happy home, and it's interesting that nowhere do you read that Rebecca loved Isaac, but you only read that Isaac loved Rebecca, and even though it doesn't say that Rebecca loved Isaac, but only that Isaac loved Rebecca, their home was a happy home, and if just one spouse in a marriage will love the other one even without the reciprocal love their home will be a happy home and there does not have to be love between both spouses for a home to be a happy home if only one spouse loves the other spouse their home will be a happy home that's what made Isaac's home a happy home three words that describing Isaac in Genesis 24 60 67 he loved her he loved her now We read of a problem, and we saw this in our last study. Is that Rebecca is described in verse 21 as she was barren. See, that described a physical problem. She was barren. And the most wonderful description that we have of Isaac, we saw in verse 21, is that, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. The Lord was entreated of him, and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. See, Rebecca was barren, it was a physical problem, and Isaac entreated the Lord. It's so wonderful to just read those simple words, Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. It's so wonderful that verse 21 doesn't read some other way. It's so wonderful that verse 21 doesn't read, and Isaac resorted to a human plan for his wife because she was barren. It's so wonderful that verse 21 doesn't read, and Isaac turned to an Egyptian handmaid instead of his wife because she was barren when Abraham had the same problem, Abraham did just that. He turned to Hagar, and he was sorry for that. And then in sorrow, he turned to the Lord. And it's so wonderful that verse 21 doesn't read, and Isaac turned to the gods of the land for his wife because she was barren. You know, I'll never forget when I would go to to visit customers in Tokyo, and I'd stay at the Shinjuku Hilton, And walking from Shinjuku Station, it was only a few blocks to the hotel at night. And as I'd leave the Shinjuku Station, all those stands of palm readers and tarot card readers and spiritual seers and the Japanese people just going one right after the other. And here in San Diego, all those places that's just the same. The spiritual readers and so forth. And someone told me one time, well, if it works, it must be okay. Whatever works. It's so wonderful that verse 21 doesn't say that Isaac turned to the gods of the land. It's so wonderful that verse 21 doesn't say, and Isaac turned to the physicians for his wife because she was barren. See, that's our reaction to a health crisis. A health crisis comes to us, how soon can I get an appointment with a specialist? Well, I gotta go find a specialist. I'll ask my friend, who's the best specialist? How soon can I get an appointment? Where's the best clinic? I gotta go get treatment there. It's amazing just how much harm clinicians cause i mean hippocrates he couldn't have said something better in his first oath don't do cause any harm and in mark it describes this woman in mark 526 a woman who just kept passing blood hemorrhaging passing blood anemic passing blood and it says in mark 526 and had suffered she had suffered many things of many physicians <laughs> That's a good badge for physicians to wear, right? Suffered many things with many physicians, yeah. and had spent all that she had, and don't forget that part, and it spent all that she had, and then the next part, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse, you know. So uh, who would like to sign up to go to medical school now? <laughs> so this poor woman had visited many physicians, and they damaged her in many ways, and she spent all her money on those physicians under their care, and she just got worse. But what makes 21 so wonderful, verse 21 so wonderful, is that it describes a habit of life with Isaac. When he faced a crisis, he turned to the Lord in prayer. I mean, well, the me problem, Jean, she had with her phone, and Jean's phone hasn't been working because the water line broke under her home. And so at 4 a.m., she told me, 4 a.m. in the morning, she woke up concerned about her phone. And so what did she do? She'd grab her cell phone and and call the all-night number for the phone companies to come out quick and fix my phone. No, she prayed at four in the morning. And in the middle of her prayer, she heard static on the receiver that was left off the hook. The line was restored, four in the morning that's better than being on hold with them. (laughs) That's what she did. When a crisis comes, why did she do that? Because when a crisis comes, a habit of life is to turn to God in prayer. Isaac's habit in life that we're reading about in verse 21, that should be our habit in life. We're faced with a crisis, we turn to God. And Isaac, he didn't just pray casually to God for his wife, he earnestly called on God, he called out to God, you know, Isaac had a passive personality, we've already seen that, I mean, the picture, the classic picture of Isaac is following Abraham up Mount Moriah, you know, that's a picture of the life of Abraham, father, where's the lamb, God will provide, okay, I'll follow, you know,
0: that's Isaac, that wouldn't be Rebecca. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13 and a half point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible's scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map not to mention Incredible Concordance and the most popular Bible Scripture References section, Bible Reference Help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org. friendshipwithgod.org.